0: Good morning. My name is Thad Lanthrop. I am the administrative pastor here at Church in the Valley, and I'm glad that you are here with us as we worship the Lord this morning. We're in the middle of a message series that we've called Pressure Points, and each week we're we're taking a look at the book of James in the New Testament portion of the Bible, and our goal in this series is to pull out major themes from James and then to, to take those themes and figure out how can we apply those to our life. The focus is on pressure points because as we face pressure in life, those, those pressure points that we face are opportunities for us to, to grow and to change. And so we're focusing on that. Just a quick, a quick brief recap on the message uh, series so far has been in week one we dealt with uh just making the most of the pressure that we feel as well as dealing with temptation in our lives, temptation to, to do things that, that we know are against God's ways. Um and, and then in last week um we, we looked at God's word and how that helps us uh to deal with the pressures that we face as we apply his word. To the pressures that we're facing today, we're going to take a look at dealing with the pressures of life when your faith is lacking. James encourages us to live uh, with a type of faith that actually makes a difference in our life. But faith—it's a word, it's a concept that has a lot of different meanings when we when we think about it. Uh, a lot of different meanings to a lot of different people. So I wanted to, to take just a, a brief look at. um, Some thoughts about faith from Twitter Uh, Twitter. It's a social media platform um, where you you have 140 characters. I think to to say your thoughts about something to share a news article um, or to to describe um, what you think what's going on with your life. So here's just a couple quotes that uh, I got from Twitter a couple weeks ago. Uh, First is faith in myself. That's all I need. Next one, your faith, good music and people will get you through life, especially through hard times. Another thought view on faith. Faith makes all things possible. Hope makes all things work. Love makes all things beautiful. May you have all three. And then another one, fear keeps us up all night, but faith makes one fine pillow. That sounds really good. I don't know what it means, but it sounds really good. All of these views on faith—they they represent a sentiment of faith, but it's unclear what it actually means. What, what are we putting our faith in? The faith in myself—that's very clear. I'm putting my faith in myself. But the other ones—it's hard to know what what is it the faith that what is the faith that they're talking about? What are they putting it in? A lot of times we express faith as a belief, as a feeling, as a as a trusting in something. Phrases like, sometimes you just need to take a leap of faith, or, or uh, just have faith, it'll all work out. That's, those are popular in our culture, and they're meant to, to try to help us to feel better about life, but the, the question is, what, what are we putting our faith in? The definition for faith um, that you find in the dictionary is complete trust or confidence in someone or something. So when we talk about faith, it's always in relation to something, someone or something that we're putting our faith in. Biblical faith is, is defined in Hebrews 11.1. 1. And here's, the, here's what it says. It says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Now at first glance, that, that definition, that what you're looking at there, it kind of sounds like the, the Twitter definitions that, that we were looking at. But there's nothing vague about the faith that's being talked about in Hebrews 11.1. 1. It's a very specific faith, and there's a very specific thing that it's talking about. If you have the faith that's being talked about in Hebrews 11.1, 1, then you've made Jesus the Lord of your life. And I want to look at a, an acrostic this morning to, to help us to define what what that means, what it means to make Jesus the Lord of your life. It's the Lord acrostic. So take a look on the screens here, here with me. The first um, L in the Lord acrostic is for love. The Bible says that God loves you and wants you to experience abundant real life. So God loves us. The second, the second letter is O for own way. But rather than turning to God, every one of us began to sin. Going our own way, trying to be our own boss. That's just saying we've all tried to do life our own way. We've all tried to to make things happen on our own without God. And then the R is the result. The result of that sin in our lives and trying to do things our own way is a separation from God. The Bible says sin has cut us off from knowing God personally. So instead of experiencing the life and the freedom God desires for us, People are dead spiritually, cut off from God, and actually were in bondage to the enemy. But we have a destiny, the D, our destiny. To remedy the situation, God sent Jesus Christ, who died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sin, and who was raised from the dead. The Bible says that all people without Jesus are destined for hell. But those who repent, that's turn around, yield their life to Jesus as the boss of their life. Will become children of God and experience the life and freedom God desires for them. So that's the faith that's being talked about in Hebrews 11:1. It's a specific faith. It's, it's a faith in Jesus Christ, that he died on the cross for our sins. And if we truly believe that, if we really believe that our eternity is secure in heaven with him, then that has a, a profound impact. And on our life. Because that faith, it never changes. Jesus came, he died on the cross for our sins. That's not going to change. If we choose to put our hope, put our trust in him, then we, we have eternity. We have a assurance to the hope that we have that's talked about in Hebrews 11.1. 1. And when we believe that, it's got a big impact, big implications for our life. When my daughter was when my daughter Ellie was born, um, she was born and she had trouble keeping her oxygen levels up um, right after her birth. And and my wife was having a C-section, so that was going on. My daughter's over here, and usually the nurses are kind of talking to you; they're letting you know what's going on, how she's doing. They were they were pretty quiet. Um, and so we're, I'm trying to figure out what's going on. They're saying her oxygen levels are, are low. I don't know what that means. I, my head is spinning with all these things going on. And I hit a point where I'm standing in, in a hallway. My wife is going to recovery this way. My daughter is going this way. And I, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Where do I go? I have these two... <laughs> These two responsibilities, what what do I do here? I, I ended up going with my daughter because my wife seemed okay at the time. And um, went with her. Got We got her all situated. Um, she got the oxygen on and we got her all figured out. And now, okay, I'm going to go find my wife because I don't know where she is in the hospital. I'm, i i got to go figure out where she is, what to do next. So I get out in the hallway and it just... It, Everything that was going on, it finally hit me. I was on adrenaline to that point. I get in the hallway, and it just—it it all hits me, and I—I'm—I'm. I'm, I, it's one of those points where my mind is just racing, and I'm—I'm I'm frozen. I don't know what to do. And so I, I just, at that point, God helped me to remember what He says in the Bible about how He loves us more than than we can imagine. How He loved my daughter even more than me. And so I just started praying, God, please help me. I, I don't know what to do right now. Um, I, I know that you love me. I know that you love my daughter more than, than even I do. And um, I, I pray that you would, you would just help in this situation. It was hard to get the words out. It was hard to, to even know what to pray because my mind was racing so much. And I just prayed. I said, "God, I know that the Bible says you're in control of this situation, and and I'm going to trust with with whatever happens in this situation. I trust you with what happens." And after I got done praying that, God just he he gave me just a a peace, a calm. He calmed my mind, my fears, all the what ifs that were going on in my mind. What if this happens? What if that? And I was able to to start to think a little more clearly, to take steps of, of where to even find my wife in the hospital um, and and God really helped me those next few days. I still had fears that would crop up, but I could come back to the Bible what He said and say that, pray, and then and then move forward my My daughter was okay she um, she was in the the NICU for twenty four hours and then was out and Um, She was okay, so I don't want to leave you hanging on the story there Um, But it was the faith to to ask god for help that just helped me to be able to make To to move forward the foundation that god didn't change His his, my salvation was secure in him and he's in control of this situation that really helped in that situation having the foundation of a faith in christ it, it, It helped me to get through those couple of days at the hospital and trying to figure out what was going on. We all have a faith in something. Um, your faith might be in, in your money. It might be in your relationships, the job that you have. Um, that might all give you a sense of security. We all have faith in something. And in different arenas in our life, um, it might be God. And then in other arenas, it, it might be something else. But we all have put our faith in 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 something God is continually showing me ways that I I don't have faith in him and how to change and adjust to to switch those to be in line with him. But the problem is when we put our faith in something other than God, those things are always changing. Our bank accounts are always they're up and down. And so our moods can be up and down our relationships Sometimes they go well. Sometimes there's conflict. There's problems. Our job. The security, sometimes the company is doing better and sometimes it's not. All these things are shifting and changing. And so when our faith is on them, we're on shaky ground. Faith in God, it gives us the, the foundation to build the rest of our life on. And it's with this understanding of faith that James is is talking about faith in the book of James of the Bible. He actually mentions faith 16 times in, in throughout the book of, of James. And he mentions belief three times. So there's just a high importance, a high emphasis that he puts on faith. Why does he do this? Well, he doesn't want the, the Christian to live um, without this, without knowing what it means to put our faith in God. And he wants, if you haven't put your faith in, in Christ yet, he wants you to know what that means, what you're, what you're saying when you make Jesus the Lord of your life. The world we we, we have a lot of people who say they have faith, but then it doesn't it doesn't really impact the way they live, the actions that they take. So James knew the cost of following Christ. He knew the cost of of knowing Jesus as the as Lord and Savior, and he provides a a a challenge to us in James two fourteen through nineteen. He says, true and real faith leads to a a changed life. That's a summary. True and real faith leads to a changed life. So James two fourteen through 19 says, What good is it, my brothers, if someone, has to, if someone says he has faith but does not have works, can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed and filled without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? Before I, I go more into the, the passage of scripture there, I just want to describe the, what true and real faith is. If something is true, then we believe it. We believe it factually. We believe it cognitively. We, we believe that, yeah, that's true, but it doesn't really filter down into our daily life. So the circumference of the earth, that would be something we believe that, that is true. It's been measured 24,901 miles um, that's the circumference of the earth, but it, it, unless I'm like a pilot or I'm, a, you know, I'm, I'm going to space or something like that, it doesn't really have a daily impact on my life, the, cir- the circumference of the earth. But if something is true and real, then we believe it to be factually true, but then it also filters out into the way that we live. It filters out into our life. Fire would be something we believe that is true and it's real. You know, fire being hot, that I believe that to be true. That also impacts how I'm going to how I'm going to relate around fire. I'm going to be careful. I'm not going to reach my hand out. I'm not going to touch the fire. I'm not going to let my kids play with matches. I'm not going to um, get, get close to the fire because it's true and it's real. It impacts. How I act. And that's the type of faith that James is talking about. It's true cognitively, factually, but then it's, it's real. It's true and real in the way that we are to live our lives. James describes in, the, in this passage, he describes what it would look like if faith wasn't real. In verse 14 of what we just looked at, it says, you know, it, it, it wouldn't lead us to action. Faith is not real. There's no actions with it. We would be full of words and ideas, but there wouldn't be any help for the practical needs around us. Our faith would become useless, is what it says, verses 16 and 17. But if our faith is real, then our works are not an attempt to save us from our sins. We know that we can't save ourselves. It's only through Jesus that that can happen. But our good works, what we do, how we act... That is going to show how our faith is real. That's what James is talking about in verse 18. James is saying you you can't fake faith. You can profess that you have faith in God or you have a, a faith in Jesus. But what you really believe is going to come out in your daily life. It's going to come out in your actions. It's going to come out as we face pressures in life. The real... Faith, our real trust, what our hope is in is going to come out as we make decisions and as we, as we choose to live our daily lives. James goes on to reference two people from history um, as he continues on in James uh, 20 through 26. And as he goes on to reference those people, what he's talking about is faith becomes alive and real as we do what God says in the midst, in the midst of the pressure that we face. So let's go ahead and let's read James two twenty six. 26. It says, do, do you want to be shown, you foolish person, person, that faith apart from works is useless? Was not Abraham, our father, justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works. And faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God. So in this, in this passage of scripture, James, he's referencing two, two different events in history to show how, how faith with works is true and real faith. The first reference is, is to Abraham. Abraham, you find the story in the Old Testament and the first book of the Bible in Genesis. And God tells Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac. Now, the, the backstory. story... on on God telling Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac is that God told Abraham at age 75 that he he was to leave his father's house to go to the land that he would show him and he's going to become the father of a great nation. He told this to him at age 75. Up to that point, Abraham did not have any kids. And so God tells him this. You can imagine the excitement for him and his wife. As God tells him, this, this is going to happen. Well, it takes 25 years until God gives Abraham his son, Isaac. A lot happens in the 25 years. You can imagine the highs of being told you're going to be a great nation. The lows of, of not um, having a baby month, month after month, year after year. For 25 years, he's told this. And then... After Isaac is born, and he's the, he's the promise that God gave them, God tells him to sacrifice Isaac. So you can imagine, I, I would be thinking, did I really hear God correctly? Is that really what he said for me to do here? Am I supposed to sacrifice my son that he said is going to be a, become a great nation? What if God really can't be trusted after all? Maybe I shouldn't shouldn't do this. Or, you know, what, what am I going to tell my wife when I get home? With all these fears and anxieties, Abraham chooses to take a step of faith, to take his son Isaac up the mountain, to offer him as a sacrifice. And just as he's about to offer his son Isaac as a sacrifice, God provides a ram for him to, to offer instead. That's a pressure packed situation. Of having to choose am I going to trust God or or am I going to just do do my own thing, do do what I think is right. But out of obedience, Abraham he, he chose to to trust God, to have faith in God. And his faith was counted as righteousness, it says in the Bible. We all face pressure situations in our life where we have to decide, are we going to rely on God or are we going to go our own way? Are we going to trust in ourselves or, or in something else completely? And then James, gives, he gives us another example. He gives us the example of, of Rahab. And in this example, you find it in Joshua 2 in the Old Testament in the Bible. Rahab, was, she was a prostitute. She lived in Jericho which was land that God had promised to the Israelites. The Israelites started to send some spies into Jericho to to scout out um, Jericho, how they were going to take it over. And to get a sense for the pressure that the city was under, I want to just take a quick look at Joshua 2, 10 through 11. It says, they're talking about the Israelites in this verse. It says, we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you, When you came out of Egypt and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan to Sion and Og, whom you devoted to destruction, to destruction. And as soon as as we heard it, our hearts melted and there was no spirit left in any man because of you. For the Lord, your God, he is the God in the heavens above and on the earth below. So you can see Jericho, the whole city, they're terrified. They're terrified of what's going to happen to them. And then these spies show up. They show up and, and Rahab decides to hide the spies. The city uh, officials find out that the spies are there. They send men to Rahab's house and she's able to deflect them, to send them a different way. To hide the spies and, and to um, keep them safe. Another pressure-packed situation. She could have been killed for hiding the spies. But she chose to put her faith and her trust in God in that situation. And, and what happens as the story unfolds, what, what, what ends up happening is Rahab was rewarded for her faith. The city, Jericho, it's, it's destroyed. It's demolished. But Rahab and her family is kept safe. Rahab, she, she was an ex-prostitute, but she ended up turning her life over to God, and she chose, chose faith in a pressure to practice situation. And it was, it was big enough that it, James references it here. So what can we learn from these examples about alive and, and real faith? Think about your life right now. What pressure situation are, are you facing right now? And then how does God want to use that to grow your faith? Remember, faith without works, it's dead. That's what James talks about. It's useless. And it's really no accident that we're facing these pressure situations in our lives right now. God is using whatever circumstances that are going on to draw you closer to him, to grow your faith in him. And James reminds us of this fact over and over again. And he uses those two examples from history to highlight how we are saved by faith alone, but real faith has action to it. We all hit points in our life where we can choose faith in God or to trust our own knowledge of a situation, our own abilities, our own read on things. Choosing faith—it's typically seen as a, as something you do when you're facing a big, a big situation, a big decision in your life. Maybe a career change or a relocation. How you take care of, of a health issue, or who you're going to marry, or how many kids you, you want to to plan on having. Or it's usually seen as as, a, as big situations. That's when we need faith. But the reality is, we faith we face faith decisions daily. In relationships, we, we know what the Bible has to say about how we need to relate to other people. One of those is to put others first. To put others first, really, it's a faith decision to choose to, instead of trying to take care of my own needs, to put the needs of others ahead of my own and trust that God's going to take care of me as I do that. That's a faith decision. In our finances, we might know that God wants us to, to tithe the church, to be generous with people, but we just can't see how that's going to work out for our specific situation in our finances. We don't know how that's going to all, all filter out. It's a faith decision. Am I going to trust God, what he says, and what, what he wants us to do? Or am I going to trust myself, how I read, how I see the situation? Another... Seemingly minor situation might just be situations with your friends your coworkers, workers family um, And you feel pressured to behave or to act In a certain way when you're around those people to laugh at certain jokes or or to do certain things when you're around Around those certain people, but you know, you shouldn't really partake in that you shouldn't do that it Creates a, a faith choice Am I going to choose to to relate the god the way god wants me or or? To do what I think is going to save the relationship with these people. We all hit these points, just daily decisions of faith and trust in God. And so the question that that we have today is, is what faith step do you need to take today? What's the next step that you need to take with God? Real faith, it usually takes a risk on our part. We have to risk something, and then we see God come through for us. One recent, seemingly small, faith step that I've been trying to take lately is uh, just with energy, trying to have um, more energy with less sleep. I like my sleep. I like to sleep. I like to get a solid, however many hours. I don't. I don't know anymore. <laughs> it used to be more, but then kids shrunk it, and it just keeps getting smaller. But. Recently, God just put a lot of different responsibilities on my plate. I, I need to, you know, I have my full-time job that I need to do, and then family life just keeps getting busier and busier. And um, we have three kids. We're having another one in August. That just keeps getting more and more. And and then um, I'm also I'm in graduate school. I'm trying to to get that done. And my time for graduate school is really it's when the kids go to bed until however late I stay up. And usually I just think, you know what? There's always tomorrow. I'll get it done tomorrow. But God has been challenging me. I need to stay up late. I need to work hard and trust him for the energy to do my job the next day to relate rightly with people. And as I've done that, God's helped me. He's really helped me. As I pray consistently, as I wake up in the morning, I'm tired. I don't want to get up with with the kids. God has helped me. He's given me energy to go about the day seemingly small thing, but it's a faith step nonetheless. And God has shown me that he can be trusted even when I I don't get the sleep that I think I need. As we take steps of faith and God comes through for us again and again, our faith grows. Then we take another step of faith and he comes through for us again and our faith grows. This helps us to build, to develop our own personal history of God's faithfulness In our lives and our faith in God, it it becomes just this unshakable foundation for our life because we've seen him come through for us again and again and again. And that foundation, it improves every area of our life because we can trust that, that God's in control. His hand is in whatever's going on in my life. We may not understand why God is allowing certain things to happen. We may not understand stand why God isn't answering the prayers the way that, that I think he should, that I want him to. But we can look at the Bible. We can take a look back at our personal history of taking faith steps with God. And we can choose faith in the face of whatever pressure that we're facing that God will come through for us. I want to encourage you to figure out a faith step That you can take this week what is a a next step that you can take with god this week? What is some faith? Something that that needs some faith, some pressure situation that you're facing that you need to have faith in Think about that. We like to wrap up our our messages with next steps each sunday That's what i'm going to do right now So as I as I wrap up the message um, I want to ask you to think through some next steps that we have for you today. It's on the back of the connection card, the next steps are, so you can finish filling out um, the, any information that you didn't get to fill out earlier on your connection card. And then on the back, there's some next steps I'd like to um, call your attention to. The first is, my next step today is to take a step of faith and fill in the blank. Is there something you need to do that that you've been meaning to do, but you keep putting off, but you know it's going to take a step of faith? You can write that in right there. Maybe that's the next step of faith that you have today. Another next step is ask God to show me any areas of my life where my faith is, is true, but not real. We might have true and real faith in some areas, but not in others. So we might have true and real faith in our finances or in our relationships or in different ways. But God might be showing us specific ways where we don't have that true and real faith. So maybe that's the next step for you today is to ask God, show me where I don't have this true and real faith. And then there's just a blank there. Fill in the blank. Whatever God might be, be saying to you today, you might want to write it down there so you remember so that um, you can take your next step with God today. Would you pray with me as we continue to worship? God, we thank you for what the Bible says about who you are, that you can be trusted, that we can put our faith in you, and that that the fact that Jesus died on the cross for our sins to save us never changes. We thank you that you give us a firm foundation for our life if we choose to accept it. And we pray, Lord, that you would just help us this week to take next steps with you, to take faith steps. Just help us to put our trust in you and not our own read on situations and how we, we think things should be going. We ask for your help in this and just uh, pray that you be honored and glorified as we sing to you. Jesus' name, amen.